Are you ready? Yeah. Hi everyone, I'm Parla. And I'm Iman. And you're listening to Screensaver, a podcast about all things pop culture. In today's episode, we are back to discuss what has to be one of the most anticipated movies of the year, for us at least, Creed II, starring Michael B. Jordan and Sylvester Stallone. In this episode, we'll share our thoughts on the evolution of this franchise within the Rocky universe, go deep into the development of its characters, and as always, end with some of our signature shoutouts. Stay with us. All of that is coming right after the break. Victor Drago, son of Ivan Drago, who infamously killed Apollo Creed, appeared today to issue a challenge to Adonis Creed. Don't do this. I ain't got a choice. That's the same thing your father said, and he died right here in my hands. He broke things in me that ain't never been fixed. It ain't worth it. It's not just us anymore, Dave. I want to rewrite history. If you want to fight this man, that's your business. But don't pretend this is about your father. This won't be the end of me. Or you. It can't be, because we're a team. Now you know what you're fighting for. All right. Iman, a couple years ago on this very podcast, you and I discussed the joyful and electrifying experience that was watching Ryan Coogler's first blockbuster hit, Creed. We spoke at length about how the movie hit all the touchstones that make a perfect sports movie, and how to us it was just a flat-out perfect movie in general. So... There was no way we weren't going to return to discuss the movie's sequel, which was just released this Thanksgiving weekend. Iman, you and I saw this movie together the other day, but for people that haven't seen the movie yet, why don't we start our discussion off with a little bit of plot talk? Yes, here it goes. Three years after his loss to pretty Ricky Conlon, Adonis Creed played as everyone should know, by Michael B. Jordan, (laughs) is now a worldwide star. Everything seems to be going well for our titular character until Russian boxer Victor Drago, the son of the man who killed Donnie's father, Apollo, challenges him to a fight. Together with his coach, Rocky Balboa, Adonis is forced to go back to basics, confront his legacy, and question what's really worth fighting for. Gadla, what were your initial impressions after seeing this movie? Your plot synopsis really touched on a lot of the emotional beats in this movie, and I have to say, that emotional depth was something that completely caught me off guard. I cried so much throughout the entire film. It surprised me in the best ways, and it definitely met and even surpassed most of my expectations. So I'd say I left Creed 2 feeling satisfied and ready for a rewatch. What about you? I agree. I liked it so much more than I expected to. 
I think any fan of the Rocky franchise is primed to be cautious, at best cautiously optimistic, when it comes to sequels. I'm looking (laughs) at you, Mr. T. But this movie was emotional, as you said. I definitely choked up several times. It was visually engaging. And overall, it was just a fun time, which is exactly what I wanted out of a Creed movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Before diving deep into any detailed analysis of the movie, why don't we first get into some of the details of why this movie worked so well for us? Sure. I would say a lot of the things that made the first movie so great were definitely present in the second. And first things first, we have to talk about the music because it was perfection. Mike, we made it. (laughs) Yes. The soundtrack was produced, as you said, by Mike Will Made It. I don't know. Should we say Mike Will Made It Made It? (laughs) And this soundtrack is essentially a list of the best rappers in the game right now. Everyone is in it, including ASAP Rocky, Vince Staples, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, and even Nas. Yes, the soundtrack feels so fresh and relevant. It effortlessly incorporates the hashtag culture. And and in that respect, I think the soundtrack really reflects the relevancy of the Creed movie so far. Nobody knew we needed a Rocky reboot until Creed 1 came out. And with Creed 2, it's kind of continued that tradition. Yes, and speaking of fire soundtracks, we felt the same way with Black Panther and its soundtrack. And I think the thing with both of these is that you can tell they were both meticulously crafted and work as pieces of art in and of itself. Also, on a related note, the musical score for this movie was also beautiful. Mm, Yes, as the kids say... It slaps. (laughs) I still don't know what that means. I don't think I do either, but we have to be, we have to be cool. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Iman. So we loved the music, but another thing that worked was the cinematography and art direction for this movie. I agree. And actually, this was something I was most nervous about going into it. Because although Ryan Coogler was listed as an executive producer, he did not direct this movie. And Mm -hmm. I think I found that out maybe two days before we went to go see it. Oh, no. I learned that it was directed by his friend and former film school classmate, Steve Capel Jr. How do you think he did? Well... His style is definitely a little different than Coogler's. I'd say it felt a little less developed, especially in terms of the fighting sequences not being Mm. as impactful. But all in all, I wouldn't say it disappointed by any means. I felt one thing I really liked were that there were some great callbacks to iconic shots from the first movie, like when Donnie and Bianca are laying on the floor If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. It also definitely held its own with some beautifully framed shots. Uh, The training montage where he's running in the desert. And also, I guess we can call it the depression montage. Both of those Mm. come to mind. Yeah. So 
Similar to the first movie, the soundtrack and the cinematography were both great. But I think a third thing we can agree on, and one aspect of the movie where the sequel might have even surpassed the first movie, was with its character development. Oh my god, yes. The characters across the board were more fleshed out. Should we discuss some of the major players and do a quick character analysis of each one? Yes, my English major soul is soaring right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's start with Donnie. In Creed 2, Donnie is no longer just that scrappy kid with a chip on his shoulder. Here, we really get into Donnie's head as he's reconciling with the weight of his new expectations and his responsibilities. And I'd say rather than proving he can fight, He has to learn why he wants to fight beyond anything having to do with his father. Completely agreed. This is probably one of the hottest takes of all because I love Michael B. Jordan, but sometimes his acting feels a little bit like he's reading or it just falls flat. Mm -hmm. As Adonis, that was not the case in this movie. His charm felt appropriate and his hunger to prove himself felt really earned and genuine. I I haven't seen Fruitvale Station, but I imagine this is relevant to people that have seen that movie as well. But seeing him playing this kind of out of his depths father felt super endearing and probably something that most men his age can relate to. Speaking of parenthood, what did you think of Bianca in this movie? Well, with Bianca, I would say... I really appreciated her fortitude a lot more in this movie than I did in the first one. She comes off as more of a partner than just a love interest. And I don't want to give too much away, but yes, she's definitely dealing with her own heavy issues as well in this movie, particularly with the advancement of her hearing loss. Yeah, And I know we mentioned this a little when we were talking about the first movie, but the way she handled portraying a character with a progressive disability was definitely something I appreciated. Yeah, and that's something that we definitely, I don't want to give too much away, but we see it develop further in this movie in a really interesting way and I feel like Tessa Thompson's portrayal of the character always felt like you said very resilient Mm -hmm. we recently watched the original Rocky movie where the famous love interest Adrian (laughs) (laughs) has a storyline that's more or less predicated on her relationship with Rocky I think maybe in the time it felt innovative to have this kind of shy girl stand up to her brother and she she does have her own arc mm-hmm. but comparatively Bianca just holds her own and that feels like such a necessary update for a movie released in 2018 mm-hmm. as we said I really respected the movie's depiction of her disability but also of her as a parent and that I don't mean that in the traditional sense of, oh, she was such a great mom. It was more that the movie's depiction of parenthood as a shared responsibility and how she has this 
desire to continue honing her craft. It never felt like she was trying to to do it all, but there are scenes where we have her very directly tell Donnie, I have to go to the recording studio and work on my music. Yeah, or I just kid. have to get out of the house. <laughs> Take the <Yeah>. baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it was never reacted to as something that happened because she was at wit's end or as a as a punishment to to Donnie. It just it felt very natural and that's something that I've always appreciated about them not just not necessarily as love interests but as as partners as you said yeah their relationship felt very lived in and real yes and for whoever has seen any interviews between tessa thompson and mbj it feels like that that's rooted in what feels like a cool real life friendship which Mm -hmm. is always always helpful yeah what did you think of rocky in this movie Ooh, well, I would say Rocky takes more of a backseat role in this movie, but he definitely continues to bring that innocent charm that made us love the character in the first place. Here, his challenge in Creed 2 is, it seems like it's more to mature into a position where he can break out of his day-to-day routine and really practice what he preaches to Donnie. Yeah. As opposed to being kind of like this mentor, we get to see him really live in his own struggles, Mm -hmm. which made his arc feel really complete in this movie. Yes. And I've got to say, that kind of made me a little nervous. Hopefully I'm wrong about this, but I could definitely see his role diminishing even further with the rest of the franchise if they choose to continue I mean, given, like you said, that his story arc and his personal demons came to a really neat resolution at the end, I don't know. I don't see where else they could take that story. Yeah. No, that's... that's. I guess, I don't know. I, I feel weird saying that I'm nervous about it because I would respect it if franchises did that more intentionally i'm thinking of a lot of tv series that kind of drag things out mm-hmm. beyond beyond what they should and even the rocky series so having him come to this kind of natural end would be would be great but but we'll see yeah we'll just put it out in the universe as a as a prediction yeah we'll see what comes of it yeah definitely okay iman so We've covered the characters we already knew, but let's talk about the villains, quote-unquote, in this movie, Victor and Ivan Drago. Yes. All right. So unlike Creed with the easy-to-hate, pretty Ricky Conley villain, (laughs) this movie dedicated so much time and effort to humanizing Victor and Ivan Drago Yes. Abandoned by mother and wife, respectively, kicked out of their country and forced to throw crates around in Ukraine. (laughs) The Dragos present a hunger to achieve that's rooted in what we can only call desperation. Ivan, who we should hate for having killed Adonis Creed earlier in the Rocky franchise, is depicted not so much as a villain, but as an object of pity. Mm -hmm. And his son, Victor, even more so because he's never known a life beyond this. Rocky himself tells Creed that the boy has been raised in hate. 
And that line really stuck with me throughout the entire time I was watching the movie. By the time that we reach the ending, you find yourself thinking, or at least I did, that it would be pretty painful to watch either Adonis or Victor fail. And I think that was one of this movie's master strokes. Oh, yes. For anyone who's seen Rocky IV, they'll probably remember that Ivan Drago is presented as a real caricature of a Russian villain. He's cold, heartless, and is essentially depicted as a literal machine. If Mm. anyone was to tell me that that same guy would return to play the same character and we'd almost be tearing up to see him interacting tenderly with his son at the end, I'd never believe it. But this movie did that and I think the thoughtfulness that went into depicting fatherhood at all throughout the movie and through them especially was one of the like you said, one of the film's biggest triumphs. Mm -hmm. But, okay, despite how much we loved this movie, there definitely were some aspects that did fall a little short, so why don't we transition now into talking about some of the movie's shortcomings next. Let's do it. Okay, so I'll go first. This can't be the right word for it, but I missed the geocentricity of the first Creed. With Creed, it really felt like a Philadelphia movie through and through, and in comparison, Creed 2 felt a little boundless. I understand that the movie needed to distance itself from Rocky in order to make it more of a Creed story, but if they wanted to bring the story back to LA, they could have gone full LA. And if that desert location was supposed to be Mexico, make it clear it's Mexico. Instead, that aspect of the story definitely seemed more opaque. Yeah, that's a really good point. You don't want to be wondering throughout a movie, "Mm, are they not showing that much of LA because it's really hard to get permits in LA? (laughs) Like, you don't want to be thinking about the movie making while you're watching it. That said, I'm sure in our last podcast we made some college English majory point about Philadelphia acting as a main character in the film, and I agree. In this sequel, the geography felt less rooted, which, to play devil's advocate, we could argue that that was an intentional choice in reflecting this newly unmoored, lost, and we have to admit it, kind of depressed, Donnie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I like that. I mean, it feels a little generous, but <laughs> maybe we can argue that. But no, I, I definitely, I get where you're coming from. I think that if that were the intention, it maybe could have, they could have leaned into it a little bit more. I was thinking about filming permits, so <laughs> <laughs> that's that. Uh, yeah. Okay, and then one more quick thing. We spoke at length about the great character development in this film, but a Mm -hmm. few of them left more to be desired. First, what was up with Victor's mother? What a beezy. My God, yes. I, I left the movie. I think one of the first comments I made to you when we were walking out was, who the heck was she? It really felt like 
she like was she not in one of the earlier Rocky movies because they presented her as a character like even just oh you see her and it felt like this big reveal and I was like I have no idea who you are personally I don't remember her but actually when we were talking to mommy she was saying she does remember her mm. uh from the original Rocky movies but, but again how many people that are watching Creed have seen yeah. the original Rocky movies so that feels like a failure and the only thing mommy was commenting about was about how how different and how bad she looked she just kept saying <laughs> dang oh man <laughs> which you don't want to be focusing on either no agreed and then apart from her, there was also that fight promoter guy who just mm. faded in and out of the story without much explanation other than being a simple plot device. Yeah, he just leaves a congrats on the baby f- fruit basket and <laughs> dissolves into dust. <laughs> yeah, I actually thought it was really funny because when Donnie first received that gift basket and opened up the letter and read the the name of the signature of who it was from my first thought was literally who's that yeah who that <laughs> so much about this movie stuck with me well after it ended but i kid you not until i saw the script that we were prepping for this episode i forgot that dude was even in it tough look for my guy yeah definitely <laughs> All right, Iman, do you have any broader takeaway questions in relation to this movie? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we kind of find ourselves asking this question with any sequel that we watch, but how did it hold up as a sequel to Creed 1? I think it held up just fine. We knew it would be impossible to surpass the excellence of the first film without having Coogler as the writer and director, But I think the franchise definitely wasn't ruined by any means. And with this sequel, it definitely built off the things that made the first Creed so great. And for me personally, it definitely lived up to my expectations for it. So I would say it did pretty well. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like high praise. (laughs) Uh, One question for you, Iman. We kind of touched on this before, but... What do you think is next for the franchise? Will they make another Creed movie? Hmm. I think if the question is, will they? Unfortunately, depending on how this movie does, I think it's been doing pretty well. I feel like, will they? The answer is yes. Should they? That answer is a little murkier. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned earlier, I do think it would be kind of cool with the ending here. It didn't feel like a triumphant end to the entire Rocky series, so I doubt they'll end it here. But I would say one more movie, Max. Yeah. As we said, Rocky's arc is basically done. I mean, people that haven't seen the movie, if anyone listening to this hasn't seen it, are going to think that Rocky died. <laughs> it's not that dramatic. But still, what what's really left? They're going to put boxing gloves on Creed's daughter? I mean, Ryan Coogler's Creed was an inspired reimagination of the franchise, and Creed II did well to wrap up the loose ends that the first had left untied. But unless Ryan comes back with an incredible storyline that does what the first did, 
I I say just finish it. Yeah, it's it's always good to leave more to be desired, so to speak. Yeah, and on a high note. Yeah. And speaking of high notes, time for my favorite part of every podcast, shoutouts. Yes. Do you have any? <laughs> yeah, I have a couple. My first shout-out goes to the subtle shade and diva-ness of Felicia Rashad. Ooh, yes. I think it's safe to say in Creed 2, she has full queen status. Her advice and observations are always spot on. And overall, I liked the fact that she has a greater presence in this movie. And she's no longer trapped in her mansion like she seemed to be in every scene in the first Creed. I know. I think poor Rocky was stuck in his restaurant in this movie. <laughs> it has, has to be some older character. Uh, I completely agree. She was great in this movie. What was your first shout out, Iman? Uh, shout out to the Mad Max style fitness camp that Rocky takes Creed to. <laughs> yes. Gosh, somebody get me a membership to that gym. Or better yet, don't. That place looked super scary. I really liked the the whole concept of boxing with one foot in the tire. I thought that was pretty cool. And Yeah, fighting up close. Yeah, and we got shadow boxing with the first Creed movie. And here it was upgraded to fire or flame boxing, which was also pretty <laughs> cool to see as well. Yeah, I was half expecting a guy to come out with an electric guitar at any point. <laughs> uh, all right, what's your next shout-out? I have to give a shout-out. We've mentioned it before, but shout-out to Dad Michael V. Jordan. I'm just yes. throwing this one out there to gush about how good he is as a dad every time he plays one. I mean, we saw it in Fruitvale Station even more than we did here, but still. Ugh, dad MBJ. You can't see me, but I'm clutching my heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could definitely hear it. All right, and what was your last shout-out, Iman? This is a super quick one, but shout out to every one of Tessa Thompson's outfits. Yes! As I mentioned, we re-watched the first Rocky recently, and it hit me that the beret that Adrian was wearing got kind of a subtle reprise in this movie in Tessa Thompson's outfits, but they were all just so cool and definitely made the hashtag cool mom a thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, Iman, are you ready to give your final thoughts and rankings? Yeah. Okay, go for it. All right, so overall, I left this movie feeling pumped up. And we mentioned it at the top, but I need to say it again. Obsessed with the soundtrack. <laughs> the other day, I turned some music on, and after a few, maybe like 20 seconds into the song, The Mantra, which is one of the songs that has a Kendrick verse on it, Jack mm -hmm. just said, oh, this one, because <laughs> I've played it so many times. <laughs> <laughs> did he so not like it i'm sure he liked it but you know you can overplay any song <laughs> except for that one it's great anyway regardless of what i say about the future of the franchise and whether or not i think it should end or continue 
I am so glad that this movie exists. Mm -hmm. It was great. We got to see it with Nicole. It made for such a fun outing. And that's really, I feel like, kind of rare with movies these days. Yeah. For that, I give it 7.5 or maybe even 8 out of 10 keys to the staying. Nice. For me, I feel the same way. It was great to spend more time with these characters the training montages, which, let's admit, are the most important part of any sports movie, didn't yep. disappoint. It was fun. It was motivational. It was touching. It was basically everything I needed this sequel to be. And yeah, it's not going to be as great as Ryan Coogler's, but I kind of didn't want it to be better. I feel that. Yeah, we have to... You know, give credit where credit is due, and we can't let this guy take Ryan Coogler's thunder, so. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's like Ron and Deathly Hallows. Show Voldemort some respect. <laughs> yeah. So, in the end, I got everything I wanted, so I'll give this movie 8 out of 10 little physical telephone and address books because of course Rocky Balboa doesn't have a smartphone or a cell phone of any kind to store his contacts. Aww, that was <laughs> a really cute note, yeah. All right, well that's it for this, our 45th episode of Screensaver. For any of you listening out there, if you have any thoughts you want to share with us on Creed 2, reach out to us. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ScreensaverPod and like our Facebook page, Screensaver Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye, Carla. Bye, Iman.